This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Well, go check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today I am excited to be joined once again by a returning guest, a Bravo enthusiast, and a Betches co-founder. Please welcome Sammy Sage. Thanks, Dylan. I am thrilled to be back here. You know how I feel about your about this podcast and your account, <laughs> and it's just you know the highlight of my the highlight of one of the highlights of my life, truly. Wow. Well, thank you for the praise. And I know that you also feel very strongly about Beverly Hills. So it is, uh, you know, great timing to have you here to discuss this week's episode of Beverly Hills, which you mentioned before we got on the microphone, got off to a little little bit of a slow start. But then there was, you know, some shenanigans by the end. And I feel like we have a lot to unpack. Yeah, I mean, for me, Beverly Hills is, is that, you know, it's like that uh, significant other that you just see the potential in and you just like want it to realize, but it won't. And you just like keep wishing that it's going to like, you know, <laughs> but yeah, they really do struggle with authenticity. And there's so much potential for good storylines if they would actually have real conversations about the most consequential things in their lives rather than returning to the Elton John charity 75 episodes in a row when it it does I don't even know why it's relevant um right so yeah it's like we're gonna go back to Elton John we're gonna talk more about Erica getting dick we're gonna you know like talk about Crystal's eating disorder in a really problematic way even though she's literally not in this episode it's like can we just skip that all of these horrible. like Beverly Hills talking points <laughs> Totally, totally. I mean, the crystal eating disorder definitely gave Kim is close to death vibes. Like, would you would think that you would learn like not to speculate so uh, so deeply on camera about somebody's issues? Maybe, but you can even like when when I tune when I'm when I was watching last night. I was like, okay, Rena calling everyone in the cast to invite them to her party. We're, we're reaching, we're reaching for content. When you also had, you can almost like hear in the music they choose what is going on in the episode. Like when you hear a lot of like uh, the like boppy like tunes, you know that they're basically just like all getting in and out of cars and like doing fluffy shit. But so the first like 40 minutes was like that fluffy conversational stuff. But then it got good at the end, like you said. Yeah, it is funny. It's like, it makes me think of watching Selling Sunset and like 70% of Selling Sunset is just them like getting in and out of cars, walking through rooms, looking hot. And it's like, I think that is like an essential piece of what makes Selling Sunset the show it is. But like, that's not what I watch Housewives for. And so it's like, 
I like to see, you know, I like the nice, you know, the the outfits, the handbags, the the luxury, of course. But it's like, no, we there's more there's more to get into here. You have a cast of ten women, and it's like, come on, we should be we should be flying through the events. And I know that we don't see a few a few people on this episode because COVID has ravaged Beverly Hills once again. But it is like. Do we do we really need another scene of Erica talking to her hair extension team? Do we really need, you know, multiple scenes about this Rina Rose that we I've never heard about before this episode, even though we're all told many times that it's three years in the making and she's been working on it forever. And Since Provence. <laughs> Since Provence, which like the most notable part of that trip was like Teddy being wasted. But it is funny, like housewives businesses, you can always kind of tell when it's like, whether it's meant to be a real business or whether it's meant to be like used on the show. And the thing is, knowing that they filmed this eight or nine months ago, I guess probably in December, eh, January, maybe. So like, let's say eight months ago. And she just launched the like Rinna Wines Instagram this week. And I just got a PR pitch about it that it's like, it'll be available in like certain markets in October and then in 2023 nationwide. And it's like, if this was a real business that the main goal was her to like make money off of it, it wouldn't be taking this long. Like she would already be selling it. (laughs) Right, right. Like I don't, I mean, have it, you were behind the scenes of developing faux pas. That was like truly a like one and a half year process. But in this situation, she's not like, I don't think inventing a new wine. She's just white labeling an existing wine, to my knowledge. You know, she's she's not fucking crushing the grapes and waiting for them to be in the transported from one vat to another vat so it can be like oak aged. Like Rinna was not doing that for the past two years. Like <laughs> that didn't happen. But right. no, I see. Right. She just fucking putting a label on it. When they're like, <laughs> we need to work a little more on the on this flavor. And it's like, work on what? Like what? They're going to send you two more choices and you're going to say which one you like the best. Like <laughs> Right. Like these wines have been sitting in barrels for 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 years at this point in order for them to be wines that she's selling now. Like that's so she's clearly just like white labeling something. But she did clearly take a page out of the Chris Jenner book. When, you know, when um when Poosh and Goop did their like candle together and then they announced it the same time that the episode came out and it was mm. like a follow on on some Q&A on Gwyneth's, I don't know, fucking Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it seemed, though, that Rinna did that where like she planned the episode to be timed to the press release and the launch so that it would seem like, oh, it's all coming out at the same time. So. My guess is the timeline of the drink has more you're she definitely wants to make money like she wants to do Ramona Pino but I think in rea- or in this case maybe it's more like Teresa Judas Favolini. Yeah, Favolini. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's more like that I think in practice cuz also like no one associates Rina with wine the way that like people associate Ramona with Pino. So I think this was more planned around the timeline of filming rather than the timeline of the wine aging. Absolutely. I One of my favorite details that I gleaned from reading Teresa Judice's book was that when she went to prison to like show up to serve her sentence, she was wearing her like bedazzled Fabellini track jacket. <laughs> you know, Fabellini didn't get its day in the sun that it 
really could have, I think. Just going to say that. <laughs> Having not tasted it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I like a Bellini now and then. I don't know that Fabellini would really be, might be a little sweet. I like a drier wine situation. It's also just like, does Teresa, like, I don't recall Teresa having any sort of, like, association with a Bellini. No. Why Bellinis, <laughs> Teresa? <laughs> she should do, like, a pineapple cocktail now. That Yeah, that I mean, be. there's many more things she could pull off. But a Bellini, <laughs> I don't even, why? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Okay, reeling it back in from all the wine talk to Beverly Hills, I <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on this scene with Sutton and her children, Porter and Philip, because when Sutton first came on the show, a couple of years ago, she was not allowed to show the kids because they were under 18 and her ex, uh, you know, put the veto on that. And it's funny now, like last season we saw Porter because she had turned 18 and then now Philip is 18. And it's like, it feels like Sutton is literally like, please come and film a scene with me. Like I need a, I need a home storyline. <laughs> Sanjeet didn't work out. <laughs> Yeah, no, Sutton definitely, You Sutton does do a lot of like one-on-one -on -one lunch, ladies who lunch filming, because that's kind of her, you know, it's very, if you read between the lines of what they film, you can see what their lives are really like, but no, you're right, like they, uh, that did sort of put her at a little bit of a disadvantage that she couldn't film with her kids, and that she's, you know, divorced, so it's not like she could have a cute husband scene, um, which now I'm realizing is just kind of because of like her situation. I thought that that her family was really cute. Um, I think that I think it also sort of reveals shows you more about Sutton, which is that and I mean this in the nicest way. Sutton's like a little bit of a weirdo. Sutton's not like your typical Beverly Hills woman. The things that she's thinking about are not the way that she looks at things and her her where she's coming from and how she judges people is not is fundamentally very different from the typical 
cast member you normally have on Beverly Hills, I think. And I ultimately think that's why she's so at odds with or why some of the women feel so at odds with her. I think they're not accustomed to someone like Sutton sort of unabashedly not trying to like fit in, you know, ideologically with them. And they're, I think, I think they're frankly a little bit intimidated and afraid of someone who they can't manipulate and force into the box that they need to force her into in order to have her like fit where they want her to fit on the show to serve their own images, frankly. So I think that that is like why they struggle with her and why they sort of make her this like scapegoat because she when she really is just like I think she kind of has a stronger sense of self than many of them do. Totally. And I think if you look at the way the other women in this cast, for the most part, sort of interact with each other and handle their situations with Kyle, Rinna, Erica, Dorit, I think even Garcelle uh, more than Sutton, it feels like there's kind of like this code of like, okay, like, this is how we handle a conflict. This is how we talk about our lives. Like, this is kind of how things are done. And that when, especially when you're having a disagreement with Sutton, she's not necessarily following the playbook in the same way that you would expect. You know, if Erica and Dorit are having some kind of disagreement, it's kind of, you know, maybe they actually are mad at each other, maybe they're not, but they still kind of expect to be playing within the parameters where I think Sutton kind of keeps them on their toes a little bit more. And yes, I think what Diana was saying earlier in the season about being clumsy with her words, I think Sutton is that sometimes. I I don't think, I don't think she was, you know, out of line with that observation. But at the same time, I think a lot of the time, she's not clumsy with her words. She's just saying things that the other women, you know, aren't really going to love that she's saying. Totally. I do think she does struggle to articulate herself to articulate what she really thinks. And I think part of that comes from the fact that she's coming from a different perspective. Like her values are not like their values. Like just the way that she looks at things is different. And so they ascribe like malintent to her when she doesn't really have it. And I think that's why she's almost always caught saying like, I like you, you're my friend. Like this isn't, she's trying to convey that her intent is not what they think it is. To your point about Garcelle, I think Garcelle would play by not their code, but she knows that on this show, she cannot get away with it because she's a black woman. And like, I think that frankly, she, people act, I thought it was such an interesting and low and manipulative and almost like a desperate comment from Erica to say that Sutton is a liability to Garcelle. It's like, you're trying to get this woman to turn on her friend by making it about like, oh, she's going to like ruin your reputation if you don't stick with us. Like it's almost like a threat, but without the intent of a threat, to be honest, because Erica's not Erica's couching in like concern. But in reality, she's saying like, you're not going to do well. Something's you're going to go through some things with our group of friends, (laughs) you know, if you keep, you know, being Sutton's, you know, defender or shield or whatever. Yeah, and I think the moment where Erica said in the confessional, like, acting like Sutton is a liability when I'm literally speaking to Erica Jane, woman of many lawsuits, who, like, is getting slapped with new legal shit, like, 
every other week, it is kind of this, this like dichotomy of, I don't need to be worried about associating with Sutton in a life context or in a society context. I need to be worried about associating with Sutton in a context that at some point the four of you could decide that Sutton's persona non grata and then I've, you know, chosen the wrong side. And I think with Erica and with Rinna especially this season, it's falling a little flat because I think the viewers at this point can kind of see through that and the the Rinna charm and shtick and the Erica shtick is working it's worn off a lot. And I think there are still moments where I I like, you know, Erica will say something funny or Rena will do something messy and move the story forward. And I can still appreciate that, but it's not, there's not this kind of like veil over everything they do where I'm like, yes, iconic. Whoa. I'm like, no, like you, you're being a bitch. <laughs> like right. you're, you're being like objectively, you're making like shitty choices and, you know, using this weird logic to justify them and then trying to make somebody else look bad. And it's like, no, like I'm not I like there's no like iconic like yes queen energy left for that. <laughs> yeah, and truly no one can claim less of a moral high ground than Erica Jane right now. So which also like Sutton's a liability in that she might say something like stupid and possibly deeply out of touch. Um or like, you know, I think that's really the risk of Sutton is that she might say something deeply offensive and potentially racist um, without like understanding fully the context of what she's saying. But clearly Garcelle has chosen to be friends and close to this woman. So I imagine that these are conversations that they've had or can have. So it's just like, Erica, like, who are you to call anybody a liability? Truly. Yeah, it does feel like there's this, at some point, you kind of have to let the mouse go that it's like, if Garcelle has made it clear that Sutton is her kind of number one girl in the group for her, like Erica being like, but do you really want to be friends with her? It's like, yeah, like, you're not you're not presenting me with any new information. You're just saying shit. And like, I'm not going to abandon my friend because Erica, like, said said that I should. And I think <laughs> I Erica like famously good intentions. Right. Garcelle at this um, you know, lunch or whatever it is with Dorit, I love that this is essentially like a little like bone carrying catch-up lunch where it's like, okay, Garcelle Garcelle's like, yeah, I'm doing the book and but I really want to ask about PK's DUI. And then it's like, but then we're really gonna talk about Erica's drinking. And it's like, okay, yeah, like get each other up to speed. You've had COVID. Like we need this we need this little <laughs> like catch up lunch. Yeah, that was good. I also I mean, the the DUI thing was really interesting. I thought it interesting that Garcelle pointed out like, oh, the police would never take me home. Like, did they take him mm. and get a steak? Like, I thought that was a really good organic, like, way to bring that in. Because I mean, I, I'm sure there were people thinking it. I was thinking it like, why? Yeah. Did this guy- <laughs> yeah. Oh, they Oh, he blew a, a 0.81. And they're like, sure, just let's wait a little till you don't like, I, I mean, that was interesting. Not that I think anyone should be, you know, mistreated by police no matter what, but like, it's just, it was, an inter- it was interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Dorit did a great job of telling that story, but I would guess that that's more because the, um, the like unvarnished narrative would kind of look a little sus and not because the story is actually that confusing. <laughs> 
Right, right. It's it's exactly. No, that was interesting. What else did they say in that in that conversation? There was something that was very Well, this was when Garcelle revealed to Dorit that Erica had hit her head when she was blacked out. Yes. And we get like yeah. another one of Dorit's like signature reactions where she's like, What? No. Yeah. She fell. And I'm like, <laughs> Is she in acting classes? Like, what is going on here? Dorit, it, it, yeah, I, I feel like she's in like um Meryl Streep's uh, master class. She's in like Henry Winkler's acting class on Barry. That's like the energy. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, but that's so funny. Yeah, it is like funny that this this like Erica drinking storyline I feel like has kind of been weirdly like through the grapevine. Like one person at a time will sort of start to con- be convinced that she has an issue, and like this is Dorit's moment to be like, oh wow, I didn't realize that she was like actually drinking too much and not just like drinking too much and it is funny to see like how people have to be convinced that erica is not just like letting loose and having a good time i also think that there's something that's not being said because i'm just gonna be totally honest here like i myself have been on the cocktail of drugs that erica jane is claiming she was on that's She's saying mix with drinking is making her act the way she's acting and like hit her head. And like, it's not, it's not a big, like Lexapro and Wellbutrin is a very normal combination that a lot of people are on. And I don't know that you can, I don't really see how you can solely blame that for her behavior. Cause I, I, I've never seen that be the cause that solely being the cause of the level of behavior she's exhibiting. So I almost feel like the thing that's not being said is that there is something additional, whatever it might be, that is causing this behavior beyond just like, oh, I'm on my psychiatrist recommended antidepressant regimen and drinking at the same time. Right. Well, and it's like, even if that's all that it is, it's like, yeah, but if you drink enough to black out, even if you're not on medication, then you're definitely going to black out if you're on this other medication that makes it easier to black. Like, if you're having 10 drinks on the boat day, you're going to be wasted whether or not you're on meds. Like, Right. And that's like what she's not acknowledging. She's not saying like, oh, it's because of, of like, I'm drinking too much. She's like blaming it on the fact that she's like doing this quite normal thing, which I think is like not a great stigma to contribute to, frankly, because I think a lot of people are on that combination of medication for like very legitimate reasons and they're able to drink without really messing up their lives. So I I think there's like, she wants to blame it on like, oh, I'm on these like medications for good reason, but actually there's something, something else is wrong here. Right. And then it's a little, it's hard to pin down exactly like what her thoughts are about drinking and what the doctor's recommendations are. Because when she shows up to Rina's wine tasting, she's like, I've realized I can't drink on this medication. You know, like I shouldn't be drinking. I'm, she's ordering a chamomile tea, which Harry Hamlin has to get himself because everybody has COVID. They had to do this whole party themselves, the horror. And, but then it's like when it actually comes time for the wine tasting, She's knocking them back. And it's like, you have to, like, I don't know what her correct drinking 
behavior is with this medication. But it's like, you can't show up to the event and say that you are like not able to drink and order a tea. And then 20 minutes later, be like, the rosé is delicious. (laughs) (laughs) What about like, what about the tea or cognac (laughs) from last week? Oh my God. Yo, you don't have tea? (laughs) Whiskey's good. (laughs) Right. Right? No hot drinks, so y'all are having liquor. Like, or was it maybe that they were outside and it was cold? I don't know. I don't know. What I, I don't know. But I, I think maybe there's an additional medication in the in the mix that does make you black out quicker that I'm sure she's prescribed as well because of her anxiety, which is legitimate. But I, I just think there's something else that's going on that's not just like how mm-hmm. how much even she's you know, at a wine tasting, like how wasted are you really getting? Like you're having sips. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lisa Rinna's getting drunk at the wine tasting too. Oh my so. God. Well, Lisa Rinna famously, you know, but whatever. Lisa Rinna was so drunk at the end at that conversation that she couldn't even say the word humiliate. And she's like, the scream about the husbands and the kids being off limits. It's very strange because, so, I mean, the situation with Sutton and Rinna, earlier in the episode, they go out together and they're having this conversation and they seem to have come to some sort of like tepid agreement that this has been put to rest. You know, Rinna's like, people always think I'm a bitch. And, you know, I don't know why they think that, but you know what, Sutton, it is fun for me to torture you sometimes. And Sutton's like what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> like, I acknowledge that it was that I shouldn't have brought this thing up on Watch What Happens Live. And I'm still saying that I never that I didn't mean to hurt you. But like, why are you sitting across the table being like, I like to torture you? Like, what? They're not in a place friendship wise where Sutton is going to like, take that the way that Rinna thinks she should and just move right on and be great. This is how they weaponize Sutton's you know, inability to, I think, articulate herself well in confrontations. They they come at her with something that is so clearly escalating. And, like, Rinna's being so fucking bitchy to her. Like, in her... It's, it's also a weird dynamic because they're, like, in Rinna's home. And she's just... And she knows Sutton's not good at defending herself. And it's just, like... I don't know. It was such... She keeps, like, pushing at it. And then on Watch What Happens Live... She continued to push at it after the episode. It just feels like so, it feels like you're bullying a kid into a corner and she never stops. Her appearance on Watch What Happens Live was really just like, it was kind of draining for me. I was like, I don't, it's not fun. Like it's, and to watch her, you know, go through all of this, you know, these questions about whether she regrets anything. Obviously, like, a lot of that stuff is dumb or she's already apologized for it. But it's like, for some reason, she has taken this situation with Sutton and just decided that it is this, like, campaign for her to be on where Sutton knows what she did. It was deliberate. She came for it. She tried to humiliate my family. It, You know, she thinks she knew exactly what she was doing. And it's like, first of all, I actually don't think Sutton knew exactly what she was doing. I think she I think she knew she was being messy, but also I think that's kind of 
that's what's sort of asked of you when you're on Watch What Happens Live, that you're coming on, you're being fun, you're spilling some tea. And I don't think she really meant to do something that would go to this place. And the fact that I think it's sort of like, it's like a bad faith effort from Rinna to be like, Sutton is this calculated bitch all along. She thought she was going to come for my family. And it's like, I don't actually think we've seen any evidence that Sutton thinks that way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think the point, like Rinna keeps bringing, I'm just sick of hearing about this, this charity, but I also thought what was especially I don't know, interesting. I'll watch what happens a lot when she was like, yeah, I'm not in a good place and I'm, I know I'm acting crazy. Cause like, I kind of like understand that like hormonal rage that like <laughs> Rinna must sort of be in right now and how hard it must be to have to like respond and take accountability for her own behaviors, which she sort of is, but not really. It's like the Ramona apology of, of accountability. <laughs> Um, so I just feel that, yeah, she she is hard to watch sometimes. It's like the Fox Force 5, so to speak, is sort of like this giant like boulder in front of the progress that Beverly Hills could make. And it's really frustrating to watch them like try to pull this like PR stunts, like just be real um, when you're sober sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, and I felt that when when Erica and Garcelle had their conversation off to the side at Lisa's house, where, you know, Garcelle is bringing up this liability comment again, and she's asking sort of where it comes from. And Erica is saying, I don't feel like you would cut me any slack in like a friendship situation. And basically, like, I feel like you would take Sutton's side over mine. And going back to what you were saying earlier about they have this expectation of how people react to things to kind of like stay with the group. It's like, yeah, Garcelle has made it clear that she's close with Sutton and that she has, she feels some type of way about the whole Erica situation. So it's like, why is Erica suddenly acting like this is some great injustice that Garcelle just happens to be better friends with Sutton than with her. It's like, that is the way that friendships work. Like in this group where you have conflict and different sides of things and different levels of friendship, it's like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Erica would take four other people's side over Garcelle's if the, if the tables were turned. So it's just, I feel like Erica is latching onto this thing with Garcelle and it's like, why are you two even having this conversation? Let alone, why is this the way that you're viewing your friendship, which to be honest, I don't think their friendship is any great, you know, buddy duo story. I think it's hard for them to like understand Garcelle and Sutton's friendship because they do not have friendships that that are kind of based on a certain level of real understanding and care that they're, it's based on something that they're not used to, which is like it's not about using each other. Or, or or like plotting together. They have a connection and that is a real thing. And I think that it's hard. It, I, I think it frankly might be hard for people like Erica and Rinna to really like get that. So they're projecting like the way they think of friendship, which is a bit more tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Transactional. Than, yeah. So I think that's why it's part, it's partly hard for them to understand like, oh, actually you're just friends. Like, 
in the old fashioned way. <laughs> right. Because when they, when they're back in the full group and Sutton brings up the liability comment and they're like, Gar- Erica and Rinna, it's like their, their brains are kind of breaking a little bit because they're like, well, well, like, yeah, yeah, because, like, Sutton is, like, clumsy with her words or whatever, and, like, you're not immediately, like, turning on her because of that. Like, you, you're, you like, okay with the fact that she doesn't always say the right thing at the right time, and they're, like, yeah, we're friends. Like, right. how many... <laughs> like You accept Rina, each other for their flaws. Have you heard of it? Like, Rinna and Erica are constantly saying shit that's, like, out of pocket and wrong, and they're, they're still friends with each other. And so the fact that Sutton is, like, misspeaking once or twice and, like, you know, maybe a little cringe sometimes, and Garcelle hasn't just, like, dumped her by the wayside, they're like, uh, uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, we're right here, and we're, 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 like... We have more followers. <laughs> right, right. What they're really saying is you are still willing to be friends with her even though we don't like her. And even when Garcelle was like, can we bring Sutton into this conversation? Erica was like, no. It's like, okay, all you want to do is talk shit about her. You don't actually want to like have any sort of genuine exchange. Right. And it go- it also ties into the thing of like when Sutton and Diana were having their conversation and D- and Diana was like, that hug that we had was so fucking fake. And Sutton's like, I wasn't being fake. And she's like, well, I was. She's like, <laughs> it's like you should have known. It's like, OK, you well, known that it was fake. And that makes you a fake bitch for not knowing that the, the hug coming from me was fake, too. And it's like some I, I honestly think that it's like Sutton and Garcelle are just like a little too real for these people to understand that they're like. It's, they're like, yeah. no, 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 you should be filtering yourself more and all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, there's, you can do it both ways, but like, they're just do, going about it a different way. Totally. And it's more than just the filter. It's, it's like the lack of understanding that someone might just value like a person for them. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, like the way that Rinna treats Sutton really, really just like gets to me. I don't know. It just feels like kind of cruel. And like it at this point, knowing the amount of times they've gone through, gone over this Elton John scenario and hashed that out, it just feels like at this point, Rinna is kind of delighting in raking Sutton over the coals once again. But like we, like I was saying, like the fans watching it aren't like, oh yeah, get her. Like, you go go off, Rinna. Like be the be the messy bitch. It's like, can we move on to literally anything else? Like this, it's we're like ten episodes into the season. I don't give a fuck about Elton John. And it's so just funny when you think about like the level of um, grace that Rena gave Erica and gives Erica, but she Sutton says like one wrong thing, and it's like, oh my god, this this bitch. You can't associate with her. It's like that people think that Erica Jane bought like seven figure six figure dollar earrings from money that should have gone to like burn victims and so and and you're just like oh we must we must forgive her it's ridiculous yeah and rinna's fixated on this idea that she would move past the elton john thing if sutton would just admit that she brought it up as retaliation for her issue with garcelle and it's like i don't I don't think you, that's true. I don't think you would move past it if she said that because I don't think I don't think Rinna at this point has any intention of extending any grace to Sutton whether or not they're fighting actively over something. I don't think there's anything that would make Rinna you know humble herself and say like 
you know what, Sutton hasn't ever really done anything to warrant this level of vitriol. You know, it's just, that's not in her brain at this point. She would only do it if it somehow served her. Right. Like if, if the producers came to her in the, like in the off season and they're like, okay, so, um, we're, we're not sure whether you're going to get a full-time contract, but if you can go on and like make good with Sutton and like befriend her, you'll probably get bumped up to full-time. She'd be like, put me in couch. (laughs) I'll bring my Rina Rina Rose and my wigs and, uh, and get to work. But like, it's not going to happen from like an organic friend standpoint. I mean, the, we saw how hard it was for her to send one text to Denise Richards, like two years after trying to ruin her life. They should seriously put like a bonus in her contract if she if she's nice to Sutton. If you can hold it in, oh. Rena, you're gonna make like that's what really motivates Lisa Rena. Yeah, she. I mean, you know, she'll do anything for a check. So like, yeah, it, it's like Housewives isn't scripted. We just give them dollar amount incentives for certain storylines we want to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Spring has sprung, and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Um, I'm curious before we wrap up to get your thoughts on the Taylor Armstrong Orange County casting news this week. I, I like that she's in it. I think that it like makes it makes me more excited to watch OC. I don't really her performance and the things she chose to reach for on Ultimate Girls Trip did not really give me a lot of confidence in how she will perform as a housewife. Mm. But I'm not I'm happy to see her on it, honestly. I just I she my expectations are low about her ability to create worthy drama and to not just like weirdly insert herself about something that happened 17 years ago um, that isn't really relevant. Like if yeah, she starts, I, if she brings up something that a cast member did on a season she wasn't on, if she like mm. dares to do that, Taylor, I'm sorry, you're going in the suitcase. 
it's just, you know, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to work. So I hope that she gets a coach. Maybe they give her some bonus incentives to not bring up anything from before 2021 or 2022. Um, if, if she can do that and if she can like play the right role, we're golden. Yeah, I was talking about this with Jordana yesterday, actually, that I liked on Girls Trip seeing her and Brandy talk about the stuff from Beverly Hills, but that that is all I need of that. Like, that's a finite resource. You talk, you have the conversation about it, and then it's done. We never talk about it again. So, like, if you're going to be a cast member on a current show that has, like, an ongoing storyline and narrative force, like, th- it needs to be based in the present or at least the recent past. Right. Like you can revisit a conversation. Sure. But you can't unearth new drama about an old situation. Right. And especially on a show where she's not going to have that history with most of the cast. It's like, we can't have Taylor Armstrong going up to Gina and being like, well, I heard in season 13, you did something fucked up. Like, yes. I, that's, that is genuinely what I'm worried about. Like I actually could see her doing that. And that is what I hope does not happen. That's the only like con that entered my mind, but maybe that's good. Maybe my expectations are low and she will exceed them. Yeah. So maybe the best strategy for her is to like, not watch any old seasons, not like, not have a producer in her ear being like, so the thing with Emily is that if you say this, she will get act like we need her to just kind of like go in, hang out and do her thing. Same with Tamara. Tamara can't bring her and be like, you need to bring up this old thing that I'm mad about on my behalf. Like I, Tamara, don't you be doing that. Let me just say, and please do not make us watch her recording her podcast with Teddy producers. If Teddy finds her way in through Real Housewives of Orange County, I will just sit there with my jaw down. My jaw dropped for about three minutes and then I'll move forward. Like how mad do you think? Everybody's talking about Vicky being mad that Taylor got a contract. But what do you think Teddy's thought process was? Like when Taylor becomes the first housewife to jump franchises and Teddy's like, it was supposed to be mine. (laughs) But she still lives in Beverly Hills. She doesn't live in in Orange County, Teddy. I think she has a house in Orange County because that... um, when they went to the, um, when they went to her drop, what, no, dr- not drop it with Drew, her, um, uh, what's it called? What's her thing called? Her, oh, um, uh, boot camp with Teddy, oh, Teddy all in. Camps. all in, all in, when they went to her, like all in retreat and a couple of them were staying at her house down where that was, I'm pretty sure that was in OC. Oh, okay. Fair. And she like has the friendship with Teddy. Um, fine. Here's no, the thing. Teddy her. has to know. <laughs> Teddy has to know that she's boring. Like, Teddy has to know people think that. She can't possibly think that she's more interesting than Taylor Armstrong, who was just on Girls Trip and is a fucking universal meme. Like, let's be real. Like, Taylor Armstrong, potentially long after she's remembered for the Housewives, will be remembered as the cat meme. So, just, just saying. Like, Teddy... Teddy can't possibly think she's more interesting than Taylor Armstrong. Teddy, Teddy Bellingcamp will have no place in a history textbook, but I can see, you know, in like 2040 in a social studies textbook and they're like internet culture. And there could be that little, the little photo of Taylor yelling at the cat. I can see it now. 
That's yeah. I mean, that's that's real history we're talking about. <laughs> we see this is a history podcast we're talking about important things and sammy it has been such a pleasure to have you back of course you're welcome anytime thank you i'll come for the reunions if you'll have me amazing sounds like a plan um in the meantime tell everyone where they can listen to you on a more regular basis you can listen to me every single day on the except for the weekends on the morning announcements podcast it is five minutes every day i you know, as you know, I'm a Betcha Sup co-host. I break down the news in I break down the most important headlines in less than five minutes a day and add a little bit of uh, commentary opinions. If you like biased opinions, you might enjoy this. So you can find me on the Morning Announcements podcast. You can find me at Sammy on Instagram or at Sammy Sage Says on TikTok or Twitter. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sammy. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.